You are listening to a sermon podcast from Agape Baptist Church, recorded live from our Sunday service. Good morning, church. The Lord bless you. Now, uh, if you are new to our church, uh, just tune in to our church maybe today, the first time, or maybe a few times, but you don't know anyone in our church yet, I would like to encourage you to scan this uh, QR code right now. Uh, fill in the form uh, so that we can uh, get to know you, okay? And for, for doing that, you, uh, you will receive a free book of your choice as well, all right? So uh, hope that we will get to know you. Now, today's sermon uh, is about uh, from the life of uh, Samson, okay? Now, uh, Samson uh, is best known for his superhuman uh, power, uh, his long hair, and uh, also his fatal relationship with Delilah. Uh, the story of Samson is... Good morning, church. The Lord bless you. Now, uh, if you are new to our church, uh, just tune in to our church maybe today, the first time, or maybe a few times, but you don't know anyone in our church yet, I would like to encourage you to scan this uh, QR code right now, uh, fill in the form, uh, so that we can uh, get to know you, okay? And for, for doing that, you, uh, you will receive a free book of your choice as well, all right? So uh, hope that we will get to know you. Now, today's sermon uh, is about uh, from the life of uh, Samson, okay? Now, uh, Samson uh, is best known for his superhuman uh, power, uh, his long hair, and uh, also his fatal relationship with Delilah. Uh, the story of Samson is definitely an R-rated uh, movie with violence, sex, power, and betrayal. Now, Samson is the last judge in the book of Judges. Uh, after jo- Joshua brought the people out of, uh, 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 brought the people into the uh, promised land, uh, the people have drifted farther and farther away from God. So we will read this in uh, this sad situation uh, before Samson was born. This comes from uh, uh, Judges chapter 10. The people of Israel again did what was evil in the sight of the Lord and served the Baals and the Astaroth and the gods of Syria, the gods of Sidon, the gods of Moab, the gods of Ammonites and the gods of Philistines. And they forsook the Lord and did not serve him. So the anger of the Lord was kindled against Israel, and he sold them into the hands of Philistines and into the hands of Ammonites, and they cursed and they crushed and oppressed the people of Israel that year. For 18 years, they oppressed all the people of Israel. And finally, so that Israel was severely distressed severely distressed but interestingly as time went on the people of Israel were no longer distressed because they did not cry out to the Lord anymore the reason is that they have become they have comfortably assimilated with the culture and the gods of Philistines and they were in danger of losing the Jewish heritage and most of all, in danger of losing the relationship with their God. And they thought life was, 
was good and did not need, a, uh, need God, but actually they desperately needed to be saved. And this is a situation for many of us in Singapore. Life is good. And many, many of us in Singapore who do not know the Lord do not see the need for a Savior. So for that situation, God appointed a leader to save His people. And this comes from Judges chapter 13, verse 3 and 5. And the angel of the Lord appeared to the woman and said to her, Behold, you are barren and have not born children, but you shall conceive and bear a son. Therefore, be careful and drink no wine or strong drink and eat nothing unclean, for behold, you shall conceive and bear a son. No razor shall come upon his head, for the child shall be a Nazarite to God from the womb, and he shall begin to save Israel from the hands of Philistines. See, Samson was a man of destiny. He had a clear purpose in his life, and he was given a chance to be like a hero, uh, much like uh, Moses or Joshua. So people, through these uh, three sermons, uh, short series, we're going to draw lessons from the life of Samson to learn about ourselves. Because, you see, all, all the, uh, the, the, the bad things that uh, Samson ever did came out of his sinful nature, uh, and we have the same tendencies as well. We will also learn precious lessons about a God who accomplishes his purpose despite the glaring flaws of Samson. And there's a precious lesson about the Lord that we will draw. So today, we're going to see how Samson lost his way uh, to his destiny and how God responded to his follies. And so Samson's journey to his God-given destiny, the first point would be consecrated to destiny, and then how he was distracted from destiny, and last but not least, how he was redeemed to his destiny. So first of all, consecrated to destiny. So Samson, as you read, was supernaturally called by God even before he was conceived by his mother. And he was to be fully consecrated to God as a Nazarite. And um, as outward signs of his consecration, he was to abstain from strong drinks, and he was to uh, eat nothing unclean, and uh, he was to let his hair grow, and he also was not supposed to touch anything, uh, any dead bodies. Naz the Nazarite vow uh, was described in detail in Numbers chapter 6, and it is a vow to be taken for a period of time while a person is consecrating himself or herself to the Lord. But for Samson, uh, the Nazarite vow was initiated by the angel of the Lord instead of himself. And also it was not for a period of time, but it was for, it was for his whole lifetime. So Samson, wherever he went, people would be able to recognize him through these outward signs that there is a Nazarite consecrated to the Lord for his whole life. 
So Samson's destiny was not about what he wanted, but it was about what God wanted of him. And we can see this in, uh, in his calling. <coughs> he shall begin to save Israel from the hands of the Philistine. This is not about what Samson wanted at all. This is about what God called him to do for his, for his good purpose. So likewise, our destiny is not about what we want in life. It is about what God wants of us. And therefore, our destiny, our our destiny cannot be in becoming rich and famous, not in being uh, being a doctor, a lawyer, or a teacher, an engineer, or an art, an artist, or any of the uh, preferred uh, professions. These goals are simply too small to be our purpose in life, because once you achieve them, you will find that they are not enough, and your soul will still thirst for more. So our destiny, people, must come from outside of us, a higher calling with a greater purpose. In other words, our destiny comes out of a life that is consecrated to God. It comes out of a life that is consecrated to God. Only when we are consecrated to God can we become servants of the Lord. And in that posture, then we will begin to serve the kingdom of the Lord rather than the kingdom of self, which is the default of our sinful nature. So therefore, people, we ought to be asking how we can serve God. Who can we show sacrificial love to? And, and uh, who we can share the gospel with? And how can we bring honor and glory to our great God? This will lead us to our destiny, people. So I can imagine Samson's parents telling, telling him about his destiny as he was growing up. Samson, for, of all the people in Israel, God chose you. He chose you to save us from the Philistines. Now, Samson, go and make us proud and bring glory and honor to God and bring honor to our family. So now let's see what Samson does with his life of destiny. With such a clear mandate, we would expect that Samson will grow in maturity and turn his people to God. The stage is set for victorious liberation from the Philistines, and there is so much hope riding on, uh, on Samson. But as we turn to chapter 14 in the book of Judges, we read, uh, we read about an anticlimactic uh, mission that Samson embarked on. And this comes from chapter 14, verse 1 and 2. Samson went down to Timnah, and at Timnah, he saw one of the daughters of Philistines. And then he came up and told his father and mother, I saw one of the daughters of the Philistines at Timnah. Now get her for me as my wife. What happened to Samson? Instead of fighting against the Philistines, now he wants to marry one of them. You almost want to say, Samson, what are you doing? 
and he should have some, he should have people in the community that wake him up and say, Samson, this is not the right thing you should be doing. But Samson didn't have any, anyone around him except for his parents. His parents obviously objected against that. But Samson was not teachable and he was not willing to uh, come under the authority of his uh, parents. He didn't even pause to reconsider what he was doing. Because in the next verse, after his father and mother objected, this is what he said. Samson said his, to his father, Get her for me, for she is right in my eyes. <clears throat> That's the argument. He wasn't even trying to persuade his parents, his father, that she comes from a good family and she uh, and they are rich and respected and uh, she one day will uh, be able to take care of you guys when you are old. Nothing like that. Just get her for me. Like a spoiled brat ordering his own father. Why? Why? Simply because she is right in his eyes. Because Samson, once he saw that girl, uh, she is all he could think about. His heart was, was captivated and he was awestruck by this woman. And Paul Tripp writes about the danger of being awestruck by anything by God, but God. When we are captivated by anything but God, there is a danger. And Paul wrote in his book, uh, Awe, that when awe of anything but God kidnaps and controls your heart, you simply will not stay inside God's boundaries. You simply will not. In other words, you will, you will simply disobey God because there's something that brings awe to you that is not God. And clearly, Samson was in awe of this young woman. His desire was kidnapped and controlled by this woman. And he would do anything to have her, including dishonoring his father and mother and disobeying God. So people, anything that has this kind of control over your heart is your real God. Because God, the, your functional God, will control you rather than the real God of, uh, of heaven and earth. And as Apostle Paul writes in Romans 1, we have a tendency to exchange the glory of the immortal God for created things. And that is what's happening here to Samson. And it would determine, and, and this false God would determine the direction of your life because you will reorient your priorities in order to procure and protect what you worship. Wrong worship, wrong destiny. Wrong worship will lead to the wrong destiny. So I'm going to ask you some questions to help us identify the objects of wrong worship. What are you in awe of? What preoccupies, preoccupies your, your, your mind? And what do you daydream of? And what brings excitement to your heart, people? And what makes you feel alive when you think about it and when you engage in it? And where do you find relief when you are stressed and in pain? 
These are questions that can lead us to, to, uh, to the source of our ultimate uh, God that we are depending on and that we are worshiping. And it could be uh, making more money. It could be gaining power and influence. It could be even uh, simple hobbies such as running and cycling. And as, as for myself, I remember a time uh, of my life when all these questions had the same answer. They all comes down to sex. Sex, that's right. And it all started when I was about 14 or 15 years old when my family was in Malaysia. And one of my, uh, one of my neighbors showed me a huge collection of uh, soft porn magazine that belonged to his father. And I was instantly captivated when I saw them. It was like the electrical buzz that power up my entire being, and I wanted more and more of it. My destiny was diverted onto a destructive path from that day. So for the next 30 years, my goal in life was simply to feed the hunger that was stirred up in my, uh, in my soul. So a stroll down the street was uh, a quest for women uh, pleasing to my eyes, uh, lunchtime was not only a time to feed uh, my growling stomach, but also a time to feed my hungry eyes. So eventually, this path ended up in the breaking up of my first marriage. A destination I never intended. Wrong worship, wrong destination. So like Samson, this was a life that was not consecrated to God, it was driven by the desires of the flesh, following what is pleasing to the eyes. And this is, just, this is a sure way of being distracted from your destiny. The final point, redeem to destiny. Samson's life was turning from bad to worse due to the marriage of this uh, Philistine woman. And he broke the Nazarite vow when he killed a lion and touched the dead body. And later on, he uh, scraped up some honey from this uh, dead lion and gave it to his uh, parents, and in doing so, defiled his parents as well. And then he made a gamble with 30 uh, Philistines. Uh, when he lost, he, went, uh, he was a sore loser. He went and, uh, and robbed and beat up uh, some unrelated people in order to pay the wager. When you look at all this, uh, it's more than enough for us to shake our head and disgust and declare Samson to be useless. He's not, he's not the man that he's supposed to be. And it's going to get worse in chapter 15 and 16. We haven't even seen that yet. Now, if you were God, would you fire Samson and replace him with someone better? I think so. I think I would do that. This guy is a train wreck. He's hopeless. We better cut, cut the loss and, and move on to someone better. But God stuck with him. So when, uh, when the lion appeared to him, when, when he went on his way to see the woman, the Spirit of the Lord rushed upon him. God was with him. And then when he, was, uh, uh, when he started a senseless fight to pay for the loss of his gamble, again, the Spirit of the Lord rushed upon him. 
So why would God stick with such a terribly flawed person? It boggles the mind, doesn't it? Well, actually, the reason is that our God is a God of grace. He chose Samson not because he was without flaws. The Bible says that no one is righteous, not even one. Romans 3.10 and, and God chooses Samson by sheer grace, not by his performance. By grace, God saved Apostle Paul when he was on his way to persecute more Christians. And by grace, Jesus loved Peter even after he denied him three times. So God chooses us not because we are good, but because he is good. Theologian J.J. J.I. Packer put it together really well. He says, nobody can produce new evidence of our depravity that will make God change his mind. He justifies you with his eyes open. Isn't that great news, people? God knows about all of our flaws, no matter how big and how small they are. He can see more of it. He can see everything that we don't want people to see. And He still walks with us. He's still with us because He is a God of, God of grace. So some of you may be discouraged of your own flaws. You may be feeling disqualified or inadequate to serve God. You know the problem that you have been struggling with. And maybe your, your family member can see it and uh, they are struggling with, with, with that part of you as well. And maybe you are a, uh, a victim of, uh, of somebody else's flaw. So people, instead of being, being paralyzed by shame, guilt, and condemnation, look to the cross. His grace is more than your sin. And he would not abandon you, people. Jesus came precisely to redeem you from your worst possible sin and your flaws. That is the purpose of his redemption for hopeless sinners. And this is not to say that we can sin freely. We must confess and repent of our sins. We must ask for the power of the gospel to change our sinful hearts. But the good news is, God will never give up on repentant sinners. Now, so far, we have seen Samson make a huge mess out of his life. There was casualty everywhere. And he was like a raging blue, raging bull in a china shop. Wherever he turned, there will be broken pieces lying everywhere. The situation begs the question, is God really in control? Is God really in control? Did Samson ruin God's plan? Can anything good come out of this mess? These are fundamental questions that come to our mind when things are not going the way it ought to be going. And the answer to this question comes from Judges 14, verse 4, in a surprising way. His father and mother did not know that it was from the Lord, for he was seeking an opportunity against the Philistines. 
In other words, Samson's rebellious plan to marry the Philistine woman was in fact part of God's plan. It is the beginning process of saving Israel from total assimilation and more conflicts between the people of Israel and Philistines will be born out of this ungodly marriage so that the people of Israel will be separated from the enemy, the Philistines. Pastor John Piper summarizes the providence of the God of God and his divine plan and purpose beautifully. Nothing is random, nothing is pointless, nothing is meaningless. Everything, absolutely everything, is from God and through God and to God. So when things in your life are not turning the way you expect, God is accomplishing His purpose through the situation and through you. And God is able to redeem the fruits of sinful choices of human beings for His purpose because He is God. Only God is able to do such a thing, no one else. And the best example of this is, is the crucifixion of Jesus, a perfectly innocent human being, trial by a, by a kangaroo court and executed as a hardened criminal was part of God's plan to save mankind. And Dr. Kim, Tim Keller explained this uh, in another way. This is from, the, from Judges for You. And he writes, Mysteriously, often unseen, and usually far beyond our comprehension. God works through the free and often very flawed choices people make. In all things, God works for the good of those who love Him. Romans chapter 8, 28. So my dear brothers and sisters, is there something that is falling apart in your life? Is there something that seems to be spinning out of control that you are, you are dealing with? Whatever it may be, take heart that God is still in control. Absolutely. Not partially, not occasionally, but fully and totally in control. Just as the flaws and the messes of Samson was redeemed for God's purpose, he will redeem the worst of your life experience. It is not pointless and meaningless. It is from God and it can be used for His glory. So in closing, the story of Samson seems incomplete. It shouldn't be the way it is playing out. That is because only Jesus can play such a role. Jesus is the better Samson, who did what Samson should have done, and so much more. You see, Samson defies his father, father to marry a Philistine woman that he should not have married. But Jesus obeyed his father to marry the church as his bride. 
And Samson wanted to marry the Philistine woman because she was beautiful to his eyes. But Jesus marries the church even though we are not beautiful in his eyes. You see, in the eyes of a holy God, sinners are wicked, vile, and filthy. There is no beauty to speak of. We are downright repulsive to God who is the opposite end of sinfulness, who is totally holy. You see, Jesus marries the church not because we are beautiful, but to make us beautiful. He marries us not because we are beautiful, but to make us beautiful. On the cross, Jesus was disfigured, coated with blood, so that whoever believes in him will be washed clean and might be seen in, 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 in splendor, without spot or wrinkle, holy and without blemish. That is what Jesus has come to do for us sinners. Church, to the extent that your mind is renewed by this truth, you will want to be consecrated to the Lord. It will not feel like it is burdensome or it's a, it's a shackle to, to restrict your freedom. You will see it as liberation from the passion of the flesh. So people, no matter how many wrong terms you take, and no matter how far you may have strayed away from your destiny, Jesus guarantees that your ultimate destiny in the kingdom of God will be fulfilled so that you may be, so you may be able to enjoy him and his Father forever and ever. Amen. So let's bow our head and pray. Thank you for listening to this sermon podcast. You can find more of our sermons online on our website at www.agape.org.sg.